0: Welcome to Handcuffed Podcast. Listeners' discretion is advised as this podcast does contain mature and explicit content. Comedy related to any episode of Handcuffed is not intended to cause distress or disrespect to anyone. Hey all, welcome back to another episode of Handcuffed. Today I'm going to share a case with you about a woman whose life goal was to become a serial killer. Yes, you heard me correctly. She didn't want to be a lawyer, a doctor, actress. She didn't stretch her mind far enough to find a profession that suited her. Or maybe she did stretch her imagination a bit too far. This woman wanted to be a stone-cold murderer. Today, I'm sharing the murder of Aaron Page. The case begins with Gemma Victoria Lilly, who was born in 1992 in Stamford, Lincolnshire. Her parents split when she was young due to domestic violence from her mother. Her father, Richard, gained full custody of his children and he later went on to marry a woman called Nina. Gemma was diagnosed with dyslexia and autism at age six. Gemma did have an interest in writing and she started to write at the age of 15. It's believed that due to her traumatic early life with her violent mother, Gemma developed a weird liking for horror, murder, and serial killers, even going as far as dressing up as notorious killers. Gemma's obsession with macabre, insanely grew. Gemma was known for expressing her fondness over the character Freddy Krueger, who she labelled as her hero. Now, I thought a hero was someone who kind of saved people, but that's just me. Gemma's family didn't pay too much attention to her bizarre interest because Gemma claimed it was stress relief. As a true crime enthusiast, like many of you guys listening, my interest also started very young. I loved crime dramas and thrillers. I listened to podcasts about serial killers to de-stress myself, so I get it. But I draw the line at romanticising or idolising serial killers. Things took another weird turn for Gemma's family when Gemma combined her two interests, writing and serial killers, and birthed the online book Playzone under the fake name Sin Demon. This book was about a serial killer called SOS, named after the real serial killer, son of Sam. SOS was a cult leader who ordered their followers named maggots to kill and torture people. I'm going to need you guys to let me know how you feel about a 16-year-old writing such violent material. And would you be okay if that was your teenager? In 2010, when Gemma was 18, she decided to leave rainy England for Perth, Australia. My girl went to get herself not only one job, but two. One in a tattoo parlour and one at Woolworth. Gemma was enjoying her new life so much she made the decision to live in Australia permanently. But at what cost? Gemma made some close friends whilst living in Australia, including a man called Gordon Galbraith, who was a gay man. They were such close friends, they decided to get married in 2012 so Gemma could receive her permanent residency. I know they aren't the first couple to finesse the system. I mean, we have plenty of people in the UK that are finessing the system that way. Gemma and Gordon had a themed wedding where she dressed up as Dexter from the TV show Dexter about a serial killer, yes. And Gordon dressed up as, you guessed it, Freddy Krueger. Gemma even wrote to actor Robert England. She told him she was a big fan and saw Freddy Krueger as a father figure, calling him Papa Freddy. I swear that guy was a pedo. I'm not going to lie, I spent 85% of the film closing my eyes. But I'm sure there was a theory about him being killed for being a nonce. I know it's Halloween and it's, it actually baffles me how much people love Halloween because I don't like anything scary. Like, I'm such a scaredy cat. Mm-mm, I do not do Halloween. I get the dressing up and it looks really fun. But why must I raise my blood pressure by scaring myself? I don't understand it. Anyway, back to the case. Unfortunately, two years after Gemma and Gordon's wedding, Gordon passed away from natural causes. Gemma was now a 26-year-old widow living in Australia. She had time to seek companionship and new friends. She met 44-year-old Trudy Lennon through her late husband Gordon. Gemma and Trudy became close friends after Gordon's death and a breakdown of Trudy's engagement. They bonded over their fantasies of murder and found a new interest to bond over and that was BDSM. They eventually developed a dom-sub-relationship, however it wasn't clear if their relationship was romantic, sexual, or platonic. When texting each other, Trudy referred to Gemma as SOS, and Gemma called Trudy by her BDSM name, Corvina. One message read, In the short amount of time I have known you, And I've had the freedom to accept who I am and spend time with you has changed so much. The submissive I was before has changed. It was now 2016 and the pair grew very close. After only a few months, Gemma went to visit Trudy and saw how she was living in a pigsty with her two boys. So she asked Trudy and her boys to move in with her, which is a big commitment. The pair were now living at 22 Broughton Way, like one big happy family. Gemma named the house on Broughton way 9 elm street if i walk past someone's house with halloween decoration during halloween week or month for some of you i'll be like cool but any other day i'm like something hmm, ain't right something ain't right <laughs> the house looked like mr halloween himself came over and threw up all over it there were chucky figurines and knives everywhere posters and just a lot of Halloween stuff around and Trudy moved in with her two young boys. I'm not a psychologist but I'm not sure if that was a positive warm educational environment for children to be in but you guys can make that decision for yourselves. Gemma and Trudy wanted to brand their dom sub-relationship and what better way to do that than to get tattoos. They both went to get board tattoos with the letters SOS. So they bonded, bonded. I think there's only a handful of people you should share a tattoo with. And that's your parents, your child, a sibling or a spouse. This just sounds bloody wild to me. And even the spouse is still questionable. (laughs) We know... Gemma and Trudy bonded on the next level to the point where they both expressed their fantasy for murder. They both spoke about fantasies of murdering people, but that quickly escalated to turning the murder dreams into reality. Whilst living together, Trudy sent Gemma a text reading, Seriously, how have you been able to wait this long to take your first? I want to see this start now. You have amazing willpower. The intense feelings that build up every day and the need to release them is so strong in me. I can only imagine just how much more intense they are for you. Later on during the conversation, Gemma told Trudy, I feel as though I cannot rest until the blood of fresh screaming, pleading victim is gushing out and pooling on the floor until all the roads and streets are stained red and abandoned and the fear in the backs of everyone's minds and on the tongue of each human left standing. I cannot shift this belief that the world has become not only ready for me, but that it needs me to be ready. Trudy replies stating, it's definitely time. I am ready, you are ready. Between 16th May and 12th June 2016, Gemma and Trudy started planning their first kill. They spent those weeks visiting different stores to buy their utensils, which included sealable barrels and hydraulic acid up to 100 litres. Now that the dangerous pair had finished preparing, it was time to move on to phase two of their plan, which was to find a victim and Trudy decided to make the responsibility her own. While studying at a vocational college, Trudy met a young 18-year-old man named Aaron Page, who had Asperger's. He became friends with Trudy and subsequently became friends with her 13-year-old son, who he used to play computer games with. Aaron Page lived as a lodger with a woman called Adrienne Reed, whom he met through church. On the 13th June 2016, Aaron received a call from Trudy to come and install some computer games at her house, 9 Elm Street. Aaron said yes, and why wouldn't he? He was familiar with Trudy and her kids. Adrian, the woman Aaron lived with, heard the phone call and decided to drop him off at a shopping centre where Aaron could meet Gemma and Trudy. The next day, on the 14th June 2016, Adrian Reed began to worry because Aaron didn't return home. She tried to contact him, but he wasn't replying. She notified the police, who started their investigations into Aaron's whereabouts. The police started with checking the shopping centre CCTV and Aaron's phone records. And what do you think they found? On the 20th of June 2016, the police turned up at 9 Elm Street to speak to Trudy because phone records show that Trudy was the last person to contact Aaron. The pair were arrested within days. The police soon realised Trudy lured Aaron to her house of horrors by lying to him and saying she needed help installing computer games for her son. There was CCTV of Aaron at the shopping centre car park meeting Trudy and Gemma and driving away and there was CCTV showing Adam entering 9 Elm Street and Trudy later entering with a large knife. So what happened once Aaron entered the house of horrors? If you've been following me on social media, then you know that I recently made a very exciting announcement. Handcuffed has been invited to attend the UK's very first CrimeCon. Yes, CrimeCon, the world's number one true crime event, is coming to London in June 2021. Get inside the mind of serial killers and psychopaths. Learn from leading criminologists. Hear from the families and survivors. Meet your favourite true crime podcasters. Immerse yourself in forensic evidence and delve deeper into unsolved crimes. CrimeCon is the ultimate true crime weekend partnered by Crime and Investigation. I will be there all weekend, so come and join us. Quote, handcuffed for your special 10% discount. Limited tickets are on sale now. For more information, visit CrimeCon.co.uk. was believed to be sitting at the computer when Gemma snuck up behind him and tried to strangle him. However, the ligature snapped. Trudy then intercepted and pinned Aaron down who only weighed 51 kilograms. Once on the ground, Gemma callously stabbed Aaron in the neck and chest. Gemma and Trudy just committed their first murder. They moved Aaron's body to an empty room which was pre-prepared for the purpose of cleaning. The room was covered in blue sheets with a gurney and a silk cupboard. When the police initially went to the house, the room was still up by the way, as in they just left it there, didn't take any of the sheets down, didn't clean up after themselves. Some of the other evidence the police found a staggering amount of knives, a saw, machete and scalpels. The BBC even reported the police found an alphabetized handwritten list of torture techniques. Detectives said they saw a pot with a piece of meat dissolving in acid, assuming it was an experiment to see how long human flesh will dissolve. They even discovered a piece of carpet that was randomly removed in front of the computer. So this is why they said Aaron was sitting at the computer when the attack happened. Can we just acknowledge that These women made it very easy for the police Their house was swimming in evidence And one of the key pieces of evidence Was the CCTV from their own house So they didn't turn off their CCTV until later on But they basically forgot to turn it off from the beginning It didn't take long for officials to find Aaron He was discovered on the same day as the other disturbing evidence In the back garden The police noticed the pair laid down some fresh new tiles bright red tiles with a slab of concrete now imagine the back garden is probably just grass or soil and then you just have one patch of red tiles suspicious when they dug up the tiles they found Aaron wrapped up in tarpaulin in court Gemma and Trudy blamed each other which baffles the fuck out of me because surely like surely if you're obsessed with killing you should know that one day you'll be caught so confess with your chest like just confess Honestly, you went through all that wahala to fulfill your sick and twisted fantasy. You did a shit, very shit job with covering it up. You've now been arrested with mountains of evidence piled up against you, and you don't have the decency to confess and stop the victim's family from going through a trial. But then again, I'm not speaking about decent people. When Gemma was questioned about the messages she exchanged with Trudy, she said they were writing a script, pretending. Trudy said she thought they were role-playing, which was obviously a lie. One piece of evidence that wasn't anticipated was from a witness called Matthew Stray, who worked with Gemma. He testified in court that Gemma admitted to him that she killed Aaron. She also said she believed the police were so dumb and she could get away with more murders. So she was tapped. When a colleague said he might go to the police, she messaged him and said she was only joking and she made the story up. Prosecutor James McTaggart also alleged that Gemma sent a text to Trudy after the murder, saying, I'm seeing things I haven't seen before. I'm feeling things I haven't felt before. It's incredibly empowering. Trudy replied, you're welcome, SOS. McTaggart stated, Gemma murdered Aaron Page. McTaggart stated, Gemma murdered Aaron Page for the euphoria and exhilaration of it. And I believe he was right, to be honest. It didn't seem like she gave a damn about human beings and when she was caught, she just dropped her friend in it. However, the court couldn't prove who actually stabbed Aaron. And since the women blamed each other, they were equally viewed as responsible. Trudy said she saw Gemma kill Aaron, but she didn't participate. She admitted lying about cleaning up the scene. Gemma said Trudy must've killed Aaron while she was napping. According to WA Today, Psychiatric reports describe Gemma as highly disturbed, sadistic and narcissistic, who took pleasure in others' pain. Trudy was described as having sexual masochism disorder, social anxiety and little empathy for Aaron. It makes me wonder what exactly these two women went through in life to be so evil. The trial lasted five weeks and in November 2017, the jury took two and a half hours to deliberate before finding Gemma and Trudy guilty. Judge Hall sentenced both subjects to life sentences in February the following year. In 2019, Gemma tried to appeal her conviction on the basis that inadmissible evidence was used during the trial, which was her play zone book. Anyway, the judge judge said no because of the references to SOS and her text messages and the fact that she's got a whole SOS tattoo. Like hello. Trudy was also attacked by an inmate who threw hot boiling water all over her. Trudy received burns to 21% of her body the inmate did get charged for assault. A news article from Perth reported, Aaron's father, Keith Sweetman, remembering his last moments with his son. He saw Aaron two days before his death. They spoke about his future plans and his desire to save enough money to study in Japan. The last thing Aaron said to his dad was, I love you dad, see ya. Mr. Sweetman also stated, he was a hero, I do believe. To many people, there's no more people that will be taken by those two. They do make me sick but that part of it is overridden by the fact that society is now safe from them too and that's the main thing. That is the murder of Aaron Page. Thank you guys for listening and happy Halloween.